What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Yeah. Awesome. Y'all are ready this morning now. I got me ready to go. All right, today we're going to start a little bit different. Um, so let me just give you some background. If you've missed Selfie the first couple weeks, I want you to go back, if you will, and try to watch them because they're building on themselves and we're, we're going to the climax. We're going toward the end. And I really believe God's going to shift a bunch of people um, both here and that are going to come. And so please go back and watch. Every week we started this series, Getting Up, Taking Selfies, and we're not going to do that today. But I do want you to know the hashtag that we're using. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag four point selfie. And at the end, what we want you to do is like there's a cityscape. If you walk out this door to the right, and we want you to take some like selfies against that. And if you brought your kids this morning and they have their shirts or whatever on, that's awesome. But if not, take them there anyway. Take, and if you're by yourself, take, take a selfie with somebody that, that is here because it's going to be awesome. So uh, look at the person beside you. I want you all to participate right now, though. You high-five the person beside you, and I want you to say we're about to answer some questions. Let me hear it. We're about to answer some questions today because here's the thing. Everybody, everybody has these questions, and we don't even realize that we have them. And I believe that they're answered by Genesis 126 and 7, and this is kind of the theme for this entire series, but you've got to know this because I believe it's the starting point. Genesis 1, 26 and 7 said, then God said, let us make man, y'all say, say it with me, in our image. God is saying, let, let's make man in my image after my likeness, after our likeness. This is God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit together as one saying, let us make man like us. Let's make man look like us and be like us. Not to completely be God, but let, let's make man as a model of us on earth. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and the livestock and over all the earth. So, so let's, make, let's make man in our image and let's make earth like it is in heaven and let's make them have all of this. And, and let's give them the opportunity to live their fullest life when they understand these things. Over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let, let's, let's do this. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. So, so we did. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created you and I. He created us. And so that's the starting point. And I believe if people could understand the fact that we were made, whether you like how you look, whether you don't like how you look, whether, whether when you go through life it's like everything's good right now or everything really kind of stinks and you wish you could change everything. He made you in his image on purpose. And there was a point behind it. And here's where I think we kind of miss. I think we miss the fact that when someone makes something, when an intelligent designer creates a product, he creates that product so that it can be useful and amazing and represent the point behind the maker. The point of the product was never the product. It was the one that goes, it goes back to. It was so that you represent the brand and it looks good and it sounds good and it acts good so that I want to keep coming back to the brand. That's you and that's me. But I think most of us miss that. And here's why I believe that. Most of us are searching in life for some form of question to answer. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And I, can I just tell y'all, whenever I speak to people in my office or whenever our care pastor speaks to someone in our office or whenever any of us talk to somebody, like in your small group or 
we have questions, it typically goes back to one of these five questions. And it's the question that whether you're asking it out loud or not, I believe every single human being that is walking on this planet right now with air going through their lungs and blood pumping through their veins, we're asking these questions even if they're not out loud and in this order. Here's the five questions. And I believe this like, this like answers, every, if you can get to this, then you can find your purpose in life. The first question I believe everyone's asking is, who am I? And, I? and I don't mean like Mark Pangle, who lives in Spartanburg, who's a pastor of a church. That's not who I am. That's what I do. That's where I live. But who am I is much deeper than that. Well, Genesis 1, 26 and 7 answers that. I am a person that was made in God's image for a purpose. For a purpose. And when I start there, I've got a great chance of figuring this thing out. And you know what? I'll never have all the answers, but I can begin to understand some of these things and say, you know what? There's a point. There's a purpose. This is awesome. Second one, where do I come from? Right? Y'all remember, <clears throat> how many of y'all have kids? How many of y'all have kids? Y'all have all answered the question then, where do babies come from? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, awkward. Y'all with me? Like it, it Leah, the kids have a question, right? Because this is not for me and... And so we all like face that, that question. Something That's not what this is. This is not where do I come from, mom and dad. This is, this is much deeper. Philosophically, this is much deeper. And all of us want to know where do I come from and why, why am I here, right? Not why am I at four points. Not why am I at work. Not why am I doing it. Why am I here now? What, I, why am I here? Like, this whole thing, it just seems like just this, this thing just happened and like this big bang and like I just happen to be right here right now and there's nothing, there's nothing intelligent that appears to be behind all of this. If y'all have never heard that, I promise you I hear it a lot. Why is this happening to me? Why are these things going on? Why am I here? What, what, what's the point? And what can I do about it, right? Have y'all ever said that? What can I do about this whole thing that's going on? I don't get it. What can I do? Why, how can I make this better? And then the last one, and if you've never asked this question, then you're in a coma. Can we be honest with ourselves, right? Where am I going? And I believe that question is saying, what's my destiny? What's my, what's my, what's my end? What is, what's the place that I'm supposed to reach that I don't know where it is? Now, truthfully, I know you haven't asked these out loud, but every single one of us in some way or another say, who am I? Why, where are we going? Why am I here? And, I don't get it. I don't get any of this stuff. And there's seasons that I get this. And there's seasons that I get this. But all of them, it's like, bro, I just, I'm tired of this. Do you know why I think people give up and throw their hands up and say enough's enough? Do you know why I think people get to the point of suicide in their lives and get to the point of just total exhaustion in life? Is because with all of our hearts, we try to answer the following questions and maybe fill in a couple of your own. But pretty much inside of all of them are those questions. And the maddening thing is we, can, we cannot seem to come up with the right answer. Are y'all with me this morning? We can't seem to come up with the right answer because on the surface, it looks like I'm here so that I can be happy. And the American dream is so that I can have health, wealth, and happiness, or the pursuit of it at least. And so I listen to that and I watch this commercial and I do all of these things and I find my self-worth, my selfie and all of those things. And then I'm like, but that doesn't answer the question why. And I feel frustrated and like I'm going to give up. 
And today, the point that I hope we can get to, and what I believe some of you are going to walk away with, is the answer to these questions. Will you pray with me? God, in the next couple minutes, I'm really believing that like you did in the first service, you're going to show some people your true self and the backing behind you that you put on us so that we can reach our fullness and our fullest life in Jesus Christ. And so, God, will you just tear down walls and the things that are hindering us this morning and help us hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of y'all recognize what this picture is? What is this right here? Y'all say, say it out loud. Say it again. It's an iPad, right? I something. How many of y'all have an I something? iPad, iPod, iPhone, iHeart, radio. Like three of y'all laughed. That's good. Like, or a MacBook or a Mac Mini or a Big Mac. Like some of y'all have all of those things. And like you, so, so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have one of these dudes. But this was never the point. Are y'all with me? So the, the, the iPad was not the point. This is what they want you to know. Did you know that? When they give you an iPad if you, or iPhone or iPod or I whatever, like, or Mac, they put in those little stickers, the clings that is an Apple, right? And they want you to put it on your car. They want you to put it on your phone, on the back. They want you to put it on the outside of something, your house, like if y'all have an Apple house, I'm impressed, right? But like, they want you to represent the brand because this is the thing that they care about. They, they, they want you to enjoy this, but they want you to really represent this, and they want you to know that they stand behind what they have because of that. That's the point. And so here's the deal. When something messes up on your Apple product, they don't want you to go tell your friends, <laughs> Don't get an apple, right? It's terrible, right? They, they won't do anything about it. They won't fix it. They, they're terrible. It, it messed up. And then some of us, like maybe this is just me, but some of us read way too much of the internet, right? and we see this new thing that comes out, and it says you can drop your iPhone in water. It's a new, the iPhone 6 Plus 799, you can drop it in water, and it works great, and you're like, whoo, yes, awesome, bloosh. And what happens to that iPhone? It's done, right? He's like, ah, I saw it on the internet. <laughs> and they're like, survey says, Bleh. and here's why. I don't have an iPhone chart. I looked in my office and I had from like one phone or two phones ago, I had my Moto Xbox. And in my Moto Xbox, this, I opened it up and the first thing that they want you to see is the phone. And it's because it's shiny and it's pretty. And by the way, that phone comes upside down, and the first thing that I see is that awesome Moto symbol, right? That Motorola symbol or that Apple symbol. They want you to see the brand. They want it to be in your mind. And then I pick it up. I start looking at it. Can I be honest with y'all? I turn it on. I start playing with it, and I don't even think about looking at this right here. <laughs> now, this is small for my phone, but this is my owner's manual, and it's got some other information in a little packet that comes under the product. And so I look at the product, look at the product, look at the product. I, I plug it in because I know what to do, and I get it all going, and then I go, oh, is this thing not working right? Well, maybe I should go to the product safety and warranty information. But bam And it's a list of things that I should and shouldn't do, and it also promises that this will do. And then at the back, it promises me, if you do all these things, I guarantee it will work, or we'll fix it. 
I guarantee it's going to work or we'll fix it. But now here's what people miss about this. In this iPad, in the, in the thing that you bought, it came with an owner's manual. Look at what an owner's manual actually is. An owner's manual is a booklet like I have right here with instructions to help the user operate the product at its highest capacity. Listen carefully. You were given an owner's manual so that you could function at your highest capacity, or let me word it differently, so that you could reach your fullest potential in Jesus Christ. You were given this. It was handed to us, and it's, it's called the Bible. Many of us believe that this is a thing to do devotions in. Y'all with me? And it's great to do devotions in them. I believe that you should do it every day, and it will help you. But the point is not so God's not mad at you, and the point is not if you don't do this, then God's looking down at you going, mm, I see you, son, and you did not do the devotional. Like, that was never the point because he can't love you more, and he can't love you less. And it was never intended to be that. It's actually much like a manual. It has promises, and we claim the promises of God. I know the plans you have for me, declares the Lord, to not prosper me and to harm me and to give me a hope and a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. And so because of those things, I say, yes, I promise them, but we don't understand that it acts just like an owner's manual. And in that owner's manual that I just, that I just looked at, it says in there, if you drop this phone in water, it's not going to work. Are y'all with me? It's not going to work. If you, have y'all ever read these owner's manuals? They're a trip. Do not operate this vehicle without your hands on the steering wheel or walk away from an RV. It's like, for real? Is that like someone actually had to get told that because someone sued somebody? But they put those things in there because they want it to operate at its highest capacity because their name's on the side of the vehicle, on the side, their name's on it. And you're representing their brand when you hold it in your hand. That is the point in which they want you to know. And so, like, the manual is so you can, you can do it as high as capacity. Why? Because they want you to buy it again and again and again. And they want their brand to be the thing. Can I just tell y'all, I think God wanted his brand to be the thing. And we've watered it down so much that we've forgotten that the only place that I can take my product to get it fixed is an authorized dealer. And I've taken myself to so many dealers that are not authorized other than Jesus Christ that I am a mess. And I wonder why is this happening? Because I don't read the owner's, owner's book. I don't read the manual. I've never read an owner's manual in my life. I've never picked one of these things up and gone, sweet, I'm going to read this whole thing before I even turn it on. Some of y'all are that way. God bless you. Okay, that's not me. I pick it up and say, let's do this. So many of us have gotten saved. And we've said, let's do this. And we've not stopped and thought. I wonder what the owner of my life says to do. And then we look back and go, this, this thing is jacked up. Like this whole Jesus thing, I'm not sure about this. Like, I don't even know if he ever wanted to give me his promises. I, I see my life a spiraling mess. And I think maybe... Maybe he just wanted me to have a list of do's and don'ts and not really have my fullest life. Maybe not, maybe not live the greatest possible life that I can live in Jesus Christ. And here's why. This is what the word manual means. I think this is fascinating. By In the English language, when you break words down, this is free. Some of y'all know this and some of you don't. I'm the worst English person in the world, but I'm giving you this. Okay, when you break the word down, there's a, there's a root and a root, okay? 
It means lawgiver, manu, means lawgiver. And in this case, this word all means of the kind. So we are understanding the mind of the one that gave you the product. And so the point that Ford, when they give you their, their owner's book, that's thick and you put it in your glove compartment and half of you've never even opened it up, right? Something goes wrong, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Whenever you open that up, they're giving you the mind that went behind the intelligence of the design in it. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that every bit of this, all scripture is God-breathed and used for reproof and to rebuke and to bring me back to himself in my own words. That's what it says that it will do. All of this from cover to cover is not a list of do's and don'ts, but it's so that you can understand, listen, this is crazy, the mind of the one who gave it to you, which is the Holy Spirit of God. Will you understand it all? I don't think so because I certainly don't and I've got degrees in it. You're never going to get it all, but you're going to get some of it. And when I'm frustrated and want to throw my hands up and say, this product's not working, right? Where do I go? I go to my source, to the Bible. I don't read the Bible every day so he gets off my back. I get on it every day because I begin to understand why. And those five questions start going, oh, 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 sweet. And let me show you just... Just why. The next slide says that this is what it actually is. It's laws and, what's that word? Promises. promises. So when I claim the promises, I have, to, I have to understand what gets me to the promises. Because so many of us, what we do in our lives, and this is for all of those of you that know the Bible, we, we claim them. God, you said I can ask anything in your name and you will do it, John 14, 14. Do you know why I believe miracles don't happen? It's not because he's not waiting with expectation to do them. God, who was in the New Testament and the Old Testament, has not changed. He loves us, and he is waiting to change the world through you. But the owner cannot put his stamp of approval and guarantee on you if you claim the promises and run from the instruction. The instruction leads me to receive the promises. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's so that I can live my fullest life. First, every man, you'll start with like a picture. This is what you got. Genesis 1, 26 and 7, you're made in the image of God, a picture. And then promises, and they're throughout Scripture. I promise this product will. I promise this product will. This product will not do this. This, this is what it's supposed to do, on and on and on. Whatever manual you've got, it's going to tell you what it's going to do, but it's also going to say, warning, right? It, lists, it, it says product safety, which means warnings. So the laws in the Bible, there's 613, and not all of them are applicable to us because some of them are Jewish laws that are not necessarily or certainly not meant for us. The way we eat, not for us. But there are lots of them that are for our safety so that we can understand the mind of God and what we want. Listen, whenever people get frustrated and they're like, that Bible's crazy, that whole Christian thing that you're trying, it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts. No, 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 no. Understand, it's God's protection so that he, his product, by the way, do you know what his product is? It's not the Bible. It's you. He made you in his image to, to give him glory and honor. And he wants to protect you and to keep you and to show you how you can live the best life ever. And so many people walk out in their lives and they're like, this whole, man, this is just tough because I don't get it. And it's because? They never read the manual. If you follow these instructions, 
We will guarantee that all of these things work. You're like, hang on a second. I'm going to go through a hard life. Jesus said in John 16, 33, you in this life, you will face trials and tribulations and difficulty, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And we skip those things. We're like, I claim the promise that I won't go through bad stuff and he'll never leave me. And I forgot that he promised that there are some things that we'll go through, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Because the truth is, just like this, doesn't have a guarantee. No matter what, if this said this, every person in America would buy this phone. No matter what happens. No matter what you do. No matter if you, it, I don't care. You can throw your phone, you can do whatever, and I guarantee, you can pay extra for this, by the way, but I guarantee this, this product will work no matter what, no matter if you put it in water, no matter, they can't afford to do that. And they can't ensure that their product's going to work. So they give you a guarantee with, a, with, if, with an if, and that's called a warranty, guys. That's called a warranty. And all of us have understood that, right? I've got a Kia. Lee and I've got a Kia, and it's got a 10-year, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty. But if I take my car to get fixed at some Jim Bob's down the road, you know what I mean? Like, if I go over there and I'm like, listen, I don't know what happened to my car. Where'd you take your car, Jim Bob's? The Kia people are going to be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's your bad, right? Who's Jim Bob and why did you do that? Because you were supposed to take it to an authorized dealer and you immediately, you immediately wiped out, canceled our backing and our name. And right now you're driving something that's a fraud because we can't put our stamp of approval on it because you voided the warranty. And then I'm like, come on, I just had to get it fixed, right? Come on, that's, that's messed up. And I feel like we do the same thing with God. And then we keep asking the same five questions. Why am I here? What am I doing? He's like, listen, I promise you these things, but you'll never reach your potential in Jesus Christ if you fail to understand the why behind the warranty. The why behind the warranty. And here's the deal. These laws were written in this manual. These laws. These, let me just go here. These laws. This book where people get frustrated and say, Gracious day, there's another thing that I can't do. It's not what you can't do. It's what he's protecting you from so you can be all that you can be in Christ. These laws are written to guarantee, to put a stamp of approval from the owner that the warranty can be successful because the company's name is on the line, because Apple, because Samsung, and because Ford. And let me tell you most importantly, because Jesus, his name's on the line. So I did a word study of his namesake. I just was really interested this week, and I was like, I wonder how many times that's in the Bible where he gives us like an instruction, and then he says, for his namesake. 36 times, Old and New Testament, his namesake, his namesake. But in Psalms, it's found seven different times, and I want to read them to you just real quickly today, and I want you to see there's so much weight behind these things because I believe if we can understand why, we can begin to answer the questions and begin to step into our fullest life in Jesus Christ. It's not what you do. It's why you do what you do. It's the weight behind it that's his weight, not my actions weight. I don't work my way into good favor with God. I'm already there. But I work my way into the promises because he's given to me and promised me that if I'll do those things and don't do those things, I'll protect you and keep you. But if I don't, then I'm believing in myself and not in God. Here's what he said. Psalm 23 says that he leads me down a path of righteousness 
I don't lead myself down right living. He leads me down a path of right standing before God for, y'all say it out loud? For his name's sake. So if you ever want to answer one question, go to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Look here. Every single thing that you've gone through, every single thing that you've done, every place that you've been is so that you can be right here, right now. And look God in the face and let him pull you to the place that he wants you to go for his name's sake, for his glory, for his honor. He wants his product, which is you, that he clothed you, that he made you on purpose in his image to be right so that people can go, I don't know what it is about them, but I want what they got and I want two of them. He leads you down a path of righteousness for his name's sake. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. I love this verse. I love Psalm 25, 11. He says, listen, I've done all these things that are wrong, but I am yours. Some of you walked in here today, and you're a Christian. And you're like, you know what? There's no way God can use me. No, David, David. One of the great heroes of the Bible, one of the great heroes of the faith said, listen, for your name's sake, not not so that I'm right, but for your name's sake, pardon me, forgive me for my wrongdoing. People go nuts, by the way. Y'all know this, at the end of a president's term when they're lame duck, he pardons like 6,000 people. He's like, I don't care, right? I'm just going to pardon everybody that I ever knew that's in jail. And we lose our minds and say, what is that about? People want to know where is grace and all of this law stuff. That's it. That's the point of grace is because law and grace together are such a beautiful. This is what grace is. It's God sending his favor to us through the person of Jesus Christ. He took the keys of death and hell that I deserve. But I can't stay there and just say, you know, what? I'm going to say a prayer. And then I'm going to do my thing with my heaven ticket. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to do my thing. You may be saved, but you will be miserable on this earth. God intended for you to live here now as it is in heaven. He wants you to live your fullest life right now. And so, listen, God, forgive me for your name's sake so that I can give you glory. Next one. This is Psalm 79, 9. It says, help us, O God, of our salvation for the glory of your name, for the purpose of proclaiming your name. Deliver us and atone Pay the price that I cannot pay on my own. Pay the price for our sin, for your name's sake for the purpose of your name for the glorification of your name for the brand on the front of my life it's not the bible the bible's what gives me the instruction you are the bride of jesus christ you are the one with his brand on your life when people know that you're saved it's for his name's sake and to bring him glory because he has put a stamp on you like Apple puts on all their products, but it's much greater because Apple's a great company and Google's a great company and all these things are great. But listen, there's no other name but the name of Jesus that we can be saved. That name is above all names and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. It just may not be on time for some people. Are y'all with me? Next one. Psalm 106, 8 says, yet he saved them for, what is it? Say it again. He saved every one of you that have followed Jesus for his name's sake. See, I think this is the shift that has to take place in a lot of our lives. 
I think that we believe that God saved us for us. God did not make me for me. (laughs) God made me so that I would bring him glory and honor. He gave me the right to say yes or no to him and push away and say, you know what, I want to bring me glory and honor. And to that, he lets you have free right to do so. But it's, there's something tied to that. Just like when I go against the instructions in my phone or in my iPad or in my car, I cannot do these things and expect that I'll reach my fullest life in Jesus Christ. Here's the amazing thing about God. If, if I turn and say, God, I've done my thing and I've tried this thing and I've, I've, I'm wandering, man. He calls you back home and says, you know what? You voided the warranty of this one and you voided the warranty of this one. But I've got a warranty that if you come back to me, it never voids. It always is good. And while my actions always have a consequence, the freedom in Jesus Christ, Paul said, while the law is there, grace is all the more great. It's all the greater. And if I receive the grace of him today, I can leave here knowing that I've wandered and leave knowing that I have a purpose and I will live my fullest life in Jesus when I claim his promises and say, I will do what you said because your ways are much better than my ways. Next one. But you, O oh God, my Lord, great, excuse me, deal on my behalf for your name's sake because your steadfast love is good. Because your love is so sweet and new. Deliver me. I've tried to deliver me, but you, oh God, can deliver me. Next one. 115.1 says, not us. Not to me. Oh, Lord, not to us, but your name. To you, give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. God, this is not for me. This is for your name and your love that all these things happen. The next one. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. God, in all of these things, for your name's sake, I need salvation. I need freedom. And if I've already found it, I need hope today. Where I live, work, and play, I need you to pull me out of what I've caused. Listen, this is the crazy thing. When I've got my phone and I cause a problem, in my limited manufacturer's warranty, most of those things are covered. They'll be like, you know what? You screwed up. But you did the right thing taking it to us. We got you. And in everything, when I come with a forgiving heart and say, God, I'm humble before you. I did this, man. I caused this mess. I know I screwed up. And I realize that the only thing that I can do right now is humbly come before you and say, I need help. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. If you just open the Bible and hope, you're probably not going to find it. But there are people in your life that can help you with the answers that are in this book. This is not just words. It's not just history. And there are great things in there. But this is the manufacturer's warranty for your life to guarantee you your fullest life in Christ if you follow my instructions. Because he loves you that much that he wants you to live a life 
that is far greater than we can put our minds to. And I believe most of us believe that in this room. But somehow we find ourselves back to these five questions. Who am I? I screwed up so bad. Where do I come from? Why did this happen? Why am I here? What can I do? And where am I going to reach your destiny and answer these questions? You have to go to the source, which is Jesus Christ. I think Romans chapter 6 answers all of these questions better than any place that I've seen because it kind of gives the picture of every one of us, either now or weeks ago or months ago or years ago, all of us sat in the same seat, and it's this. Romans chapter 6 says, But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed of? The things that you wish you could go back and change in your past or this past week with a bunch of you walked in here with that luggage and that baggage on your back, didn't you? So what good did it come out of it? What fruit have you gotten from that? For the end of those things is death. There's no hope for a future in that. But, verse 22, but now that you have been set free, you were tied up and bound like a slave in sin. All of us, the Bible says, were slaves to the sin that we were in or are in at this point. But now that all of you have been set free from the sin and have become slaves of God, you will all be slaves to something. But the one thing that can give you freedom and help you reach your fullest life is to be clothed in his glory and honor. The fruit you get leads to holiness or sanctification in God. This is not something that happens overnight. This is something that happens over and over and over again in Christ. Salvation happens one time and it's permanently good. But to live my fullest life in Jesus, I can't turn my back and say, I'm going to do my own thing. That's the picture of the church today. And then it's in his eternal life in Jesus. For the wages or the penalty, the price that I pay because of sin, which is anything I say, think, or do that displeases God, the price that I pay is death, both physical and eternal death, separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I just need every person to understand this. Listen, when you read those laws, and so many people say, just throw that out, throw that out. Don't ever throw that out. Understand that they're beautiful because they bring me back to God. Laws, the next slide says laws, are not rules to make your life boring. This isn't a list of do's and don'ts, guys. This isn't just a list of rules. They're, they're Jesus's warranty to ensure your life is successful. Because why? You're his royal family and your name has been changed to son or daughter of the king. And his name is on the line when you understand those things, those five questions get answered just like this. I am not my own. I was bought with a price. So I honor God with my body and my mind and my life. It's not do's and don'ts. It's not him down saying this is what you need to do and don't. It's me living in freedom. He brings me back to freedom by understanding like guardrails on a highway. That is what the point are, to not fall off the cliffs left and right, but to let me live my fullest life in Jesus. I promise you, I will not harm you. I will not leave you, but do not do these things because you'll fall off. And so here's what I want to know for you today. In the first service, a 76-year-old man, tears running down his face, said, I've never... I've never trusted Jesus as my Savior. And he said yes to Jesus in the VIP room. And I believe that God 
has that for some of you today. And I don't care what prayer you've prayed and I don't care what aisle you've walked and I don't care where you've been. There is only one thing, one way where salvation comes to your house. And it happens one time and it's always good. But it's when you say, Jesus, man, I've tried this thing. I've done my thing for years and I've never said, I'm, I'm yours. You bought me with your blood by dying on the cross and raising from the dead. My sin separates me, but your free gift gives me forever eternal life. And right here and right now, I want to be saved. And I just believe that's someone or a bunch of people in this room. And so what I want you to do right now is bow your heads with me and close your eyes and just by yourself in this moment. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, God, I deserve separation forever and ever. I'm a sinner. For some reason, you chose to send Jesus, who, who never sinned, to die for my sins for your great name so that I could be your son or daughter. And today, I receive your gift and trust you as Savior. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wonder in this room, and I believe it's some of you, be bold and be honest right now. If that was you right now, I just want you to throw your hand up and say, man, that was me right now. I just prayed for the first time I believed God would save me from my sins, come into my life and be my Savior and Lord. If that's you, will you just throw your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me, man. That's me. I just did that. I just did that. Will you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for one more second? If, here's what I want to challenge you for the next seven days. I believe next week is going to be the greatest day in the history of our church. That God is going to do something crazy in our Selfie Sunday week. I wonder if you will commit with me to the next seven days of not a devotion time, and that's awesome, quiet time, that's awesome. Do that, but when you do it, understand that it is God giving you instruction to pull you back so that you can live your fullest life in Jesus Christ. For the next seven days, will y'all commit with me to pray, to fast something? It doesn't have to be food. Don't make it hard. It's not about the hard things in life. It's about you throwing off the distractions and looking toward Jesus. And then every single day you'll be in the Word for the next seven days. Let's just do seven days. How many of y'all will commit with me to say, for the next seven days, Pastor, I'll do that with you. Just throw your hand up if you'll commit to that. The next seven days, I'll do that with you. God, you see these hands? More importantly, you know these hearts. I am so thankful for the move in your church that you're about to make. God, there's going to be over 400 people here next week, and I believe many people are going to find hope in Jesus. But God, that only happens when we realize that we have a brand that is better than Apple, better than Google, better than anything else, and we are representations of you, Lord Jesus. And as we go here today, there's not pressure, there's not hurt, there's a warranty behind us that absolutely guarantees for us to reach our fullest life in Jesus Christ when we follow you. God, we choose to follow you in Jesus' name today and lift our hands and declare your mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. Will y'all stand with us?